Hey, how you doing? This is Tony. Welcome to Finding Subjects Podcast. Got a big question for you. Saturday, July 13th, 1985. Where were you? I know where I was. I was sitting at a bar in Fort Lauderdale with a buddy of mine, Tom. And we were watching a concert on television. Live from Philadelphia's JFK Stadium. And the simultaneously broadcast from Wembley Stadium. It was Live Aid, and it was amazing. If you're not certain about Live Aid, what it was, Live Aid was a multi-venue benefit concert held on July 13th, 1985, as well as a music-based fundraising initiative. The original event was organized by Bob Geldof and Midge Yuri uh, to raise further funds for the relief of the 1983-1985 famine in Ethiopia, a movement that started with the release of a successful charity single, Do They Know It's Christmas?, and that was released in December of 1984. Billed as the Global Jukebox, Live Aid was held simultaneously at Wembley and at JFK Philadelphia. Uh, in Wembley, 72,000 people attended, and in JFK in Philadelphia, 89,484 people. And so why were we in Fort Lauderdale and not in <laughs> at the concert at our hometown? It just so happened a friend of ours uh, moved down to Fort Lauderdale, and we surprised her so well. That was the weekend we went down and stayed three weeks. <laughs> it was a great time. But anyway, back to the concert. On the same day, concerts inspired by the initiative were held in other countries, such as the Soviet Union at that time, Canada, Japan, Yugoslavia, Austria, Australia, and West Germany. It was one of the largest satellite link-ups and television broadcasts of all time, an estimated audience of 1.9 billion in 150 nations watched the live broadcast, nearly 40% of the world's population. It's just absolutely incredible. The impact of live aid on famine relief has been debated for years. One aid relief worker stated that following the publicity generated by the concert, humanitarian concern is now at the center of foreign policy for Western governments. Geldof had said, We took an issue that was nowhere on the political agenda and through uh, lingua franca on the planet, which is not English but rock and roll, we were able to address the intellectually absurdity and the moral repulsion of people dying of want in a world of surplus. It's kind of still happening, right? In another interview, he stated that Live Aid created something permanently and self-sustaining, but also asked why Africa is getting poorer. The organizers of Live Aid tried to run aid uh, efforts directly, channeling millions of pounds of, to NGOs in Ethiopia. It has been alleged that much of this went to the Ethiopian government of Mangistu Hele Mariam. And it also alleged some funds were spent on guns. The BBC stated in 2010 that there was no evidence that uh, the money had been diverted, while the, British, the former British ambassador to Ethiopia, Brian Barter, states the diversion of aid related only to the tiny portion that was supplied by some NGOs to rebel-held areas. So the background of the concert uh, was conceived as a follow-on to the successful charity Do They Know It's Christmas, which was the brainchild of Geldof and Yuri. In October 1984, images of hundreds of thousands of people starving to death in Ethiopia were shown in the UK in Michael Burke's BBC News reports of the time, 1984 famine. Uh, the BBC News crew were the first to document the famine, and Burke's report on 23 of October describing it as a biblical famine in the 20th century and the closest thing to hell on earth. Uh, so let's kind of uh, get back to the organization of this concert. Among those involved in organizing Live Aid were Harry Goldsmith, who was responsible for the Wembley Stadium concert, and Bill Graham, who put together the American leg. On promoting the event, Goldsmith states, 
I didn't really get a chance to say no. Bob arrived in my office and basically said, we're doing this. And it started from there. The concert grew in scope as more acts were added on both sides of the Atlantic. Tony Verna, inventor of Instant Replay, was able to secure JFK Stadium through his friendship with Philadelphia Mayor Wilson Good, and was also to procure, through his connections with ABC primetime chief John Hamlin, a three-hour primetime slot on the ABC network, and in addition was able to supplement the lengthy program through meetings that resulted in the addition of an ad hoc network within the U.S., which covered 85% of the TVs there, which is unbelievable. Verna designed the needed satellite schematic and became the executive director as well as the co-executive producer, along with Hal Uplinger. Uplinger came up with the idea to produce a four-hour video edit of Live Aid to distribute to those countries without the necessary equipment to rebroadcast the live feed. It was just nuts. That's all I can tell you. It was just uh, a who's who of music, and uh, we'll talk about that uh, right now. The concert began at 12 o'clock British summertime which is 7 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time here in the U.S. at Wembley Stadium in the United Kingdom. It continued at JFK Stadium in the United States starting at 8.51 Eastern Standard Time. The U.K.'s Wembley performances ended 1700 Eastern Standard Time, but the JFK performances and the whole concert in the U.S. Uh, ended on July 14th. Uh, it's about 11 o'clock, I guess it is, at night. But thus, the concert continued for just over 16 hours. <laughs> so cool. Uh, but since many artists' performances were conducted simultaneously in Wembley and JFK, total length of the concert was much longer. Mick Jagger and David Bowie intended to perform a transatlantic duet with Bowie in London and Jagger in Philadelphia. Problems of synchronization meant only the practical solutions would have uh, one artist, uh, likely Bowie at Wembley, mime along to pre-recorded vocals broadcast as a part of the live sound mix for Jagger's performance in Philly. The host of the television portion of the concert in Philadelphia was actor, believe it or not, Jack Nicholson. The opening artist was Joan Baez, announced to the crowds, this is your Woodstock, and it's long overdue. Before leading the crowd and singing Amazing Grace and We Are the World, Despite 95 degrees ambient temperature, Madonna proclaimed, I ain't taking off crap today. <laughs> I ain't taking, yeah, I ain't taking crap off today. During her set, referring to the release of her early nude photos in her Playboy and Penthouse magazine. Okay, Madonna. Uh, during this opening number, American Girl, Tom Petty flipped the middle finger to somebody off stage about one minute into the song. Petty stated that the song was a last minute addition. When the band released that they would be the first act to play the American concerts on the side of uh, after London's finale, and since this is, after all, JFK Stadium, uh, when Bob Dylan broke into uh, broke a guitar string while playing with the Rolling Stones members Keith Richards and Ronnie Wood, Wood took off his own guitar and gave it to Dylan. Very cool. Uh, Wood was left standing on stage guitarless after shugging to the audience. He played air guitar, even mimic mimicking the Who's Pete Townsend by swinging his arm in wide circles. Until a stagehand brought him a replacement. Guitar tech. Hello, calling all guitar techs. The performance was including in the, included in the DVD, including the guitar switch with uh, Woods to talking to stagehands. And, but much of the footage was close-ups of either Dylan or Richards. Uh, during their duet on the reprises, It's Only Rock and Roll, Mick Jagger ripped away part of Tina Turner's dress, leaving her to finish the song in what was, effectively, a leotard. Okay. Uh, the JFK portion included reunions of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, the original Black Sabbath with Ozzy Osbourne, the Beach Boys with Brian Wilson, and surviving members of Led Zeppelin, 
with Phil Collins in the Power Station and former Chic member Tony Thompson sharing duties on drums in place of the band's late drummer John Bonham. Although they were not officially announced by the group uh, by the group name from the stage, they were announced as Led Zeppelin on VH1's 10th anniversary rebroadcast in 1995. Teddy Prendergast made his first public appearance since a near-fatal car accident in 1982, which paralyzed him. Prendergast, along with Ashford and Simpsons, uh, performed Reach, Down, Reach Out and Touch. Brian Adams, who came on after Judas Priest, recalled it was Bedlam backstage before performing a four-set uh, four-song set, including Summer of 69. Duran Duran performed a four-song set, from which the final time the five original member- members would publicly perform together until 2001. Their set saw a weak, off-falsetto note hit by frontman Simon LeBond during A View to Kill. Uh, the error was dubbed uh, the bum note heard around the world uh, by various media outlets in contrast to Freddie Mercury's note heard around the world at Wembley. LeBon later recalled it was the most embarrassing moment of his career. Hey, it happens, folks. Uh, it's not easy to stay in tune all the time. <laughs> That's right. I've messed up many a times here. The UK TV feed from Philadelphia was dogged by an intermittent buzzing on the sound during Brian Adams' turn on stage and continued less frequently throughout the rest of the UK performance on the American concert. And both the audio and video feed failed entirely during the performance and uh, during Simple Minds' performance. Don't you forget about me, they said. Uh, Phil Collins, who had performed in London earlier in the day, began his solo set with the quip, I was in England this afternoon. Funny old world, isn't it? Two cheers from the Philadelphia crowds. He played in both places. Collins played drums during Eric Clapton's 17-minute set, which included well-received performances of Layla and White Room. Why was I in Fort Lauderdale during all this? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, there's a whole bunch of criticism and controversies about this concert, but here's a little uh, quote from Phil Collins on the Led Zeppelin performance. I thought it was just, just going to be low-key, and we'd all get together and have a little play. But something happened between the conversations and the day. It became a Led Zeppelin reunion. So cool. Uh, Led Zeppelin then, you know, like I said, he, they performed the first time since the death of John Bonham in 1980. The two drummers filled in for Bonham, Phil Collins, who had played on singer Robert Plant's first two solo albums, and Tony Thompson. Uh, the performance was criticized for Plant's hoarse vocals, Jimmy Page's intoxication and out-of-tune guitar, a lack of rehearsal and poorly functioning monitors. Were they at a Vandal's uh, practice? <laughs> Sounds like one of our practices. Uh, Plant described the performance as blankingly atrocious for us. It made us look like loonies. Loonies, I say. Uh, I doubt it, man. You know, uh, it's it's again, it's a thing where people will just like be critical. Let me tell you something. The Led Zeppelin purists were... I'm sure, and still extremely grateful for that. And they understand. People are more understanding that we uh, tend to give them credit for. We get it, man. You know what I mean? Like, it's sometimes it's not it's not easy, you know? And to just get up and jam is extremely hard sometimes. So Paige later criticized Collins' performance, saying, Robert told me Phil Collins wanted to play with us. I told him that was all right if he knows the numbers. But at, but at the end of the day, he didn't know anything. We played a whole lot of love, and he was just there bashing away cluelessly and grinning <laughs> like I would and like any of you would as well. I thought it was really what it, I, th- I thought that was really a joke, he said. Collins responded. It wasn't my fault. It was crap. I could have walked off. I would have. But then we'd all be talking about why Phil Collins walked off Live Aid, so I just stuck it out. I turned up, and uh, I was a square peg in a round hole. Robert was happy to see me, but Jimmy wasn't. <laughs> 
That's a cool backstory of that, right? Uh, Led Zeppelin have uh, blocked broadcasts of the performance and withheld permission for it to be included on the DVD release. Philadelphia named it one of the worst rock and roll reunions of all times, with Victor Fiorillo writing, I'd like to be able to blame all of the awfulness of on anemic Phil Collins, who sat in on drums and Page himself, later fingered the Genesis, Genesis drummer for screwing up on the set. But Collins was just the beginning of the bad. Go ahead. Watch and remember. It, was, it really was terrible. Uh, you know, that's the, the hardest thing that you want to hear. You're, you're just getting up and you're having a gig. You're trying to have, you know, have a good time about it. And then you, uh, you're being recorded. They're, they're doing it for benefits, for God's sakes. So cut them a break, right? Uh, let's see who was the performers at, at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, so the performances at Wembley were as follows. It's 12 o'clock. Uh, Coldstream Guards, they did the Royal Salute and God Save the Queen. God Save the Queen. Then followed by Status Quo. Uh, the Style Cancel. The Boomtown Rats uh, played I Don't Like Mondays, Drag Me Down, and Rat Trap. Adam Ant, Viva La Rock. Ultravox played there. Reap the Winds, Dancing the, with Tears in My Eyes, One Small Day, and Vienna. Spandau Ballet, Only When You Live, Virgin and True. Good songs, man. Uh, Elvis Costello, he appears at uh, 207. All You Need Is Love, he wants to play. He played, but uh, my God, he could have did a four-song set, which would have been fantastic. Allison, throw that in there. Uh, Nick Kershaw, Wide Boy, Don Quixote, The Riddle, Wouldn't It Be Good? Charday, uh, Why Can't We Live Together? Your Love is King. Is It a Crime? Great Artist Chardet reminds me of Curacao, uh, the uh, Netherlands Antilles Islands just off of the coast of Venezuela. Why would Chardet remind you of that tone? <laughs> it was a Chardet week for me. Uh, it's all my wife and I listened to down there when we were on that island. It was great. Chardet. Sting, Phil Collins, and, and Branford Marsalis uh, came on at 318. Uh, Sting sang Roxanne, Driven to Tears, and Phil Collins did uh, Against All Odds, and Sting then again did Message, Message in a Bottle. Phil Collins uh, in the air tonight. Both of them did Long, Long Way to Go, and then uh, both of them did Every Breath You Take. Uh, very cool. Howard Jones, uh, Hide and Seek. Brian Ferry with David Gilmore as backing guitarist. How cool was that? Uh, you got Paul Young. Do they know it's Christmas? Come back and stay. That's the way love is. And he did that uh, an, uh, 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 along with Allison Moyette. U2, Sunday Bloody Sunday, and then Bad with Snippets of Satellite of Love, Ruby Tuesday, Sympathy for the Devil and Walk on the Wild Side. Do 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 Dryer Straits came on at six o'clock. Money for Nothing and Sultans of Swing. And then the infamous uh, appearance of Queen at eighteen forty-one. That's six forty-one. They did the first part of Bohemian Rhapsody. Then Radio Gaga, Hammer to Fall, Crazy Little Thing Called Love. We will rock you, and we are the champions. Following the Queen which was uh, on for you know a nice little nice little chunk of time there David Bowie came in with the TVC 15 Rebel Rebel Modern Love and Heroes and then incredibly imagine this lineup The Who My Generation Pinball Wizard Love Rain or Me and Won't Get Fooled Again uh, it just keeps on coming uh, Elton John afterwards I'm still standing Benny and the Jets Rocket Man don't go breaking my heart. He comes on that with, and he does that with Kiki D, which is awesome. Don't let the sun go down on me uh, with Wham. And then, uh, can I get a witness? Again, Freddie Mercury comes back with Brian May, and uh, he, they play, uh, Is This the World We Created? At uh, 
Sir Paul McCartney comes on with David Bowie, Bob Geldof, Alison Moyette, and Pete Townsend, and they play Let It Be. And then at uh, 8.57, Band-Aid comes up, and then they, say, they play the song Do You Know Christmas. Uh, just an incredible lineup. Just amazing how we can all get together and, uh, and, and perform this for, for, the, for the good of mankind, right? It's just one of those kinds of times where... Uh, we saw a lot of that kind of. I mean, that was just Wembley. Moving on to JFK uh, at 8.51, Bernard Watson. He comes on, and uh, all I really want to do, and that is a little interview. Then Joan Baez, Amazing Grace, and We Are the World. The Hooters, which is a local Philadelphia band. And we danced, and All You Zombies, which were fantastic. Yo, check this out. The Four Tops, Shake Me, Wake Me When It's Over. Bernadette, uh, doing Bernadette. It's the same old song, Reach Out, I'll Be There. Great song, and I can't help myself with Sugar Pie Honey Bunch. <laughs> I love you and nobody else. Billy Ocean, Caribbean Queen, Lover Boy. Black Sabbath with Ozzy, Children of the Grave, Iron Man, and Paranoid. Run DMC, <laughs> do uh, Jam Master J and King of Rock. Rick Springfield, remember them? <laughs> he was uh, also a television soap opera star. Love Somebody, State of the Heart, Human Touch, REO Speedwagon. Can't Fight This Feeling. Roll with the changes. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I thought Neil Young was in there, too, but maybe not. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Southern Cross, Teach Your Children, and Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. Judas Priest, Living After Midnight, The Green Manicilli, with a two-pronged crown. And you got another thing coming. Great tune. Great tune. Uh, let me see here. What else we got going? Then Brian Adams comes on. Kids Want to Rock, Summer of 69. Tears Are Not Enough. Cuts like a knife. Then the Beach Boys, California Girls, Help Me Rhonda, Wouldn't It Be Nice. They play that one, Good Vibrations and Surfing USA. Uh, George Thorogood and the Destroyers, basically from Delaware, United States, with Bo Diddley and Albert Collins. Who do you love? They do with Bo Diddley. And then this guy is crying. Wow. Wow. I'm going to have to look that one up. Uh, Madison Blues also, uh, they play with Albert Collins. Simple Minds. Which one? That's a great band. I mean, I think they were on underestimated uh, band, not underestimated, but you know what I'm saying. I don't think they get the, the credit that they deserve. But uh, they play ghost dancing and don't you forget about me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great song. Promise you, <laughs> promise you a miracle. And they do promise you a miracle. Uh, the Pretenders. Uh, Time the Avenger. Message of love. Stop your sobbing. Back on the chain, gang. And middle of the road. Awesome. And then check this out, man. Carlos Santana. So Santana with Pat Metheny. Brotherhood, Premier Invasion, Open Invitation by the Pool right now. And then uh, this is special right here. Ashford and Simpson with Teddy Braindergrast. Again, uh, uh, that is his first appearance after his nearly uh, life-ending auto accident. They play solid. <coughs> excuse me. They sing solid. And then reach out and touch somebody's hand with Teddy Braindergrast. Beautiful. Madonna comes on with the Thompson Twins and Nile Rodgers. They do a Holiday, Into the Groove, and Love Makes the World Go Round with the Thompson Twins and Nile Rodgers. Excuse me. Then Tom Petty, the late Tom Petty, uh, comes on with the Heartbreakers, American Girl, uh, The Waiting, Rebels, and Refugee. Uh, Kenny Loggins comes on with Footloose, The Cars. You might think, you might think I'm crazy. Drive, Just What I Needed. Love that song, Just What I Needed. Uh, I don't mind you coming here, <laughs> wasting all my time, time, heartbeat city, 
Neil Young. Yeah, there he was. See, I knew he was in here. Now, I'm thinking he already did uh, earlier on. Oh, I see what happens. We, we're getting to it. So anyway, Neil comes on. He does Sugar Mountain, The Needle and the Damage Done, Helpless, Helpless, God, Helpless. And then Nothing is Perfect and God's Perfect Plan, Powder Finger. The Power Station gets on with uh, Get It On and Murderous, the Thompson Twins with Madonna and Steve Stevens and Nile Rodgers, Hold Me Now, and then Revolution with Madonna, Steve Stevens, excuse me, and Nile Rodgers. And then the master comes on, Eric Clapton. They did the White Room, She's Waiting, She's Waiting, and then Layla. Phil Collins comes on and does uh, Against All Odds, Take a Look at Me Now, and then In the Air Tonight. What do we think of when you think of a song in the air tonight? Uh, <laughs> what's that TV show with Crockett and Tubbs? You know what I'm talking about when they play that, when he's driving down the highway in Miami in his black Ferrari. You know the show. I'm not going to tell you either. you got to think of it. Led Zeppelin comes on with rock and roll, whole lot of love, Stairway to Heaven. And then we get a little reunion happening here at uh, 839 with Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Only love can break your heart. And Daylight Again, Find the Cost of Freedom. Then it's Duran Duran, A View to a Kill, Union of the Snake, Save a Prayer, and the Reflex. And then after that, Paddle the Bell, Philadelphia's own Paddle the Bell, New Attitude, Imagine, Forever Young, Stir It Up, Over the Rainbow, and Why Can't I Get Over It? Uh, why Can't I Get It Over? Uh, Paddle the Bell, Philadelphia's own. And talking about Philadelphia's own, we'll segue right on into Philadelphia's own, Daryl Hall and John Oates with Eddie Kendricks and David Ruffin. They play Out of Touch, Maneater, Get Ready with Eddie Kendricks, Ain't Too Proud to Beg with David Ruffin, The Way You Do the Things You Do, and My Girl with Eddie Kendricks and David Ruffin. Just incredible. And then uh, good old friends Mick Jagger and Tina Turner get on up, and they do Lonely at the Top, Just Another Night, Miss You, State of the Shock, State of Shock with Tina Turner. It's only rock and roll, but I like it. Reprise with Tina Turner. And then... Bob Dylan, Keith Richards, Ronnie Woods get up and do the Ballad of Hollis Browns. When the ship comes in and blown in the wind. And USA for Africa gets up and they end it with We Are the World. Folks, I don't know if we'll ever be able to replicate such a concert. It's incredible. And then here's some of the presenters just in Philadelphia. Bill Graham introduces Jack Nicholson before his first and last appearance. Chevy Chase with Joe Piscopo. <laughs> Marilyn McCoo, Dire Straits, Santana, Bette Midler, Don Johnson, Eric Clapton, and Dionne Warwick. And then you got Jack Nicholson introducing Joan Baez, U2, Brian Adams, The Who, and Bob Dylan. Chevy Chase and Joe Piscopo introduce The Hooters. Great band, The Hooters. If you're not sure who they are, look them up, man. Really good songs. Chevy Chase introduces The Four Tops, Billy Ocean, Black Sabbath, REO Speedwagon, Judas Priest, David Bowie, Kenny Loggins and Duran Duran. Joe Piscopo introduces... Now, these guys were from uh, Saturday Night Live. If you don't remember back in the day, that was when Saturday Night Live was incredible. Okay, Joe Piscopo introduces Ron DMC, Rick Springfield, Simple Minds, and Neil Young. Marilyn McCoo introduces the Beach Boys. George Siegel introduces George Thurgood and the Destroyers. Grace Slick introduces the Pretenders. So cool. Uh, Bette Miller, uh, Midler introduces Madonna, Thompson Twins, Paddy LaBelle, Mick Jagger, and the Cars. Don Johnson introduced Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and the Power Station. Jack Nicholson and Bette Midler introduce Phil Collins. Phil Collins introduces Led Zeppelin. And Dionne Warwick introduces Hall & Oates. Uh, here's other locations um, 
where uh, let me just see here. I mean, this this is uh, like I said, there was uh, other concerts that kind of spurred up on off of this initiative. But uh, in Sydney, actually, uh, in Sydney, Oz for Africa various depends on the broadcaster. In uh, Japan, uh, a band called uh, Loudness, of course, Takayo uh, Shira. Ekachiki Zazawa, uh, Motoharo Sanu, and Meiku Nakakara. Uh, just cool that they had their own little thing going on. In Vienna, Austria, Austria für Afrika, uh, Warum? Uh, and then in The Hague in Netherlands, BB King. When It All Comes Down, Why I Sing the Blues, Don't Answer the Door and Rock Me Baby. In Belgrade, Yugoslavia, You Rock Misha, Zamilian Godina. Uh, Moscow in the Soviet Union, Autographer Golovaranskike, and Nam Zuren Mir. And Cologne, West Germany, Band für Afrika, Nach im Wind, in Jahren, es geht voran. Then in Norway, Stavanger for Africa, Ferente Anister, all of us, and then Samnen for Livet. And studio, uh, I guess in the studio, cool in the gang, stand up and sing and cherish. And in London, uh, UK, again, Cliff Richard, a world of difference. Uh, just incredible. Incredible. Notable absences. Bruce Springsteen decided not to appear at Live Aid. Despite his huge global popularity in 1985, Geldof had originally scheduled the event for July 6th, but moved the date to the 13th, especially to accommodate Tony and Tom because they were going to Fort Lauderdale and Springsteen. Springsteen later expressed regret at turning down Geldof's invitation and apologized to Tony and Tom, uh, stating that he just simply did not realize how big the whole thing was going to be and regretted not performing an acoustic set. Tony and Tom appeared uh, willing to go up and do the acoustic cassette, but no one returned Tony and Tom's phone calls, um, so they went to Fort Lauderdale. During the MTV broadcast, Martha Quinn repeatedly and erroneously claimed that Springsteen would, in fact, make an appearance, and Tony and Tom would not. I don't know how true that last paragraph is, but uh, you know, leave that to you to decide. Michael Jackson declined to appear. His press agent, Norman Winter, released a statement at the time saying that Jackson was working around the clock in the studio on a project that he's made a major commitment to and consequently, consequently could not uh, free up a sufficient time to rehearse and perform at Live Aid. Excuse me. Michael added, Michael is just about living in the studio, rehearsing and recording. I know what could be more important than Live Aid, but Michael couldn't turn his back on his responsibility to the people he's working with. This affected employment of a lot of people. There you go. I mean, you know, people do have prior commitments, but I'm thinking of some of these folks, I don't think they realize the magnitude of what this was. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty crazy. Prince also declined to appear in person, but sent a pre-taped video of an acoustic version of For the Tears in Your Eyes, which was played during the concert in Philadelphia. And that's pretty cool. The original version appears to, uh, on the We Are the World album, uh, while the, while the video version was released in 1993 on Prince's compilation, The Hits and B-Sides. Uh, the Culture Club leader, Boy George, decided not to take part in a concert. He, featured that the, he feared that the Culture Club would fail to measure up performing for two billion people. Two billion people. And he disliked what he viewed as self-important posturing on the part of the uh, other participants in his memoir, Take It Like a Man. <laughs> he said his band members were angry with him because he had ruined their chance to be a part of history. And uh, they got a point, boy. You know? Uh, mm. Huey Lewis and the News were scheduled to play at a Philadelphia gig, and they were in some of the promotional material, but decided on June 28th to pull out over concerns that the money raised by the relief efforts thus far had not been reaching those... Uh, and intended to help. It was a very tough uh, decision, Lewis told Rolling Stone. We felt, having done the U.S. for Africa thing, uh, that we should should wait and watch that. Uh, he's just got to be prudent for himself. That's what he felt. Uh, 
Annie Lennox uh, of the Arrhythmics. Uh, she was forced to pull out of live due to a, due to a serious throat infection. Uh, she appeared at Live Eight in Hyde Park in London in 20, uh, 2005. Uh, it's just crazy. A reunited Deep Purple were also scheduled to appear from Switzerland via satellite, but pulled out after guitarist Richie Blackmore uh, refused to take part. Deep Purple minus Blackmore, who left the band in 93, appeared at Geldof's Live 8 sequel 20 years later, performing at the Toronto leg of the event. Bill Graham is said to have turned down Foreigner, and yes, because there was no free space on the bill for them. Preposterous. Preposterous, I say. Uh, you got other bands here, Marillion, uh, Misplaced Childhood, uh, UB40, uh, Thin Lizzy, just crazy. Who else here? Uh, Pink Floyd, let me see, uh, I tried to pitch it live into Live Aid, recalled Roger Waters. They asked me to put Pink Floyd back together for it, and I said no, but I'd bring my new band. They didn't want to hear that, but that's all right. I went along on my own. Waters appeared backstage at the Wembley Stadium leg of the Live Aid where he was interviewed. And the classic Pink Floyd lineup later reunited the fo- for the following Live Aid, Live Eight in 2005, which is pretty cool. Neil Peart, drummer of the Canadian rock band Yerush, said Getty was involved with the Northern Lights charity record here in record here in Canada. Although Rush weren't invited to participate in Live Aid event, preposterous, unacceptable, mainly because if you look at the guest list, it was very much an in crowd situation, but we were out. By then, we didn't refuse to take part because of any principles, mind you. Um, I wouldn't have been happy being part of the scenario. Uh, those stars should have shut up and just given them over their, all their money as if it was genuine. I recall the tears of fears who made a musical and artistic decision to pull out of the concert were subsequently accused of, by Geldof of killing children in Africa. What a shockingly irresponsible and stupid attitude to take, but I have nothing bad whatsoever to say about... Whoa! But I have nothing bad to say whatsoever to say about Getoff. He sacrificed his health, his career, everything for something he believed in. But I have nothing bad whatsoever to say about Getoff. I was reading that differently, folks, in my head. He sacrificed his health, his career, everything for something he believed in. But others around him got involved for their own reasons. Some of those got involved in Northern Lights were actually quoted by saying that their managers told them to get down to the recording sessions because it would be a great or a good career move. So he's saying that, Neil's saying that uh, he has nothing bad whatsoever to say about Geldof. He really acknowledges that Geldof, uh, here he goes, is saying, sacrificed his health, his career, and everything for something he believed in. So there you go, without uh, getting into it any further, just a heck of a concert, global concert, got together, just amazing. And I was sitting in a bar <laughs> in Fort Lauderdale. I remember looking out the, the bar and I said to my buddy Tom, well, dude, what a view. <laughs> and it was the blue ocean right there of the Atlantic, uh, hanging with our friends down there. Uh, we had a great time. Like, again, we went down for a weekend and uh, came back, like, I don't know, three weeks later, <laughs> being young. We're going to play some music from Live Aid. We're going to play some bands, actually, that uh, performed at Live Aid. How's that? Uh, gotcha. And there it was, uh, July 13th, 1985. Wembley Stadium in London, JFK Stadium in Philadelphia, 38 years ago, on a Saturday. I could have done this a few days ago, but today's a Saturday. And we'll play some music from the bands that performed at Live Aid. You're listening to Finding Subjects Podcast. Have a fantastic weekend. If you're not listening, 
on Spotify, this is the part you're going to miss. And I think it's cool that you're listening on all the other uh, platforms as well. But if you want to, go to Spotify.com, download a free version of Spotify, and you'll hear like 30 seconds of the song. So uh, there you go. And uh, I would like to thank Wikipedia for uh, supplying a lot of that information and creativecommons.org slash backslash license uh, backslash makes it all possible for us to uh, get into that information and transfer it to you. All right. Have a fantastic day. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Where's Bink and Bob? Well, that's a great question. Everybody's got some things going on. Uh, We're going to get Bink and Bob back recording hopefully this coming week. And so we can get those guys back because they are very entertaining and they complete us. (laughs) All right, man. Have a great, fantastic weekend. Enjoy the music. And we'll talk to you soon this week. Stay tuned for Monday for Motivational Monday. And then again, we'll try to get Bink and Bob back and record with them soon. See you. Take care of yourself. And thanks again for listening. This is Tony. And you have been listening to Finding Subjects Podcast. Peace.